guys, my name is Cheryl Burns, and I am Sierra Tribble, 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 and this is Head Wraps and Lipsticks, the, the, pod, pod, the podcast. Hey guys. Hey everyone. How you guys doing? It's oh. hot, I'm hot. Oh, okay, she is hot, I'm hot, no, we're all hot. I'm hot. I'm excited today. Before I get started, I'm your girl Sierra T. And I'm your girl Sherelle B. And this is Head Wraps and Lipsticks, the podcast. What's popping today? The heat. <laughs> It's hot. Like, I'm over it. And you would think I'm good with it because I'm a summer baby, but... We're, well, yeah, but... You know how, like, during the winter movies, like, yo, we can't wait for the summer to pop off, and now we get the summer, and I'm ready for it. I'm ready for dark nail I, colors and, and boots. I just want to say I never said that I was ready for the summer. I said I was ready for my birthday, which, <laughs> which happens to be in the summer, but... That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, so today we have two very, very, very special guests with us. So you know how last month we did the uh, men's health edition with the For the Brothers, uh, For the Brothers edition. We were supposed to have physical, mental, creative, and spiritual. So for all of our loyal listeners, you notice we kind of skipped one. We yeah. kind of skipped the mental health. Yeah. Um, that was due to some te- technical difficulties, but these two gentlemen uh, were gracious enough to lend us some more of their time because this month is actually Minority Mental Health Month. So it actually um, is actually really good that they are here with us. So um, we're going to let you guys introduce yourselves to the, to the peoples. Whoever won't go first. What's up, peoples? Um, <laughs> so my name is Kobe Cornell Boone. I'm a recent graduate from North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. Hey, uh, you know it, man. HBCUs. Um, and I'm also CEO and founder of Journey of Mind Incorporated, which is a 501c3 tax exempt organization that raises awareness for mental health, personal development, and travel within underprivileged communities. Sweet. Uh, what's up, everybody? Rashawn Miller, um, founder and executive director of Eustress Inc. I'm also a therapist, and I live here in Charlotte. I'm originally from Bertie County, North Carolina. All right. Yeah. So we're just going to, like, just jump right into it. So just start by just telling us how you guys got into being mental health advocates. Like, what, what's your story? <laughs> I'm the youngest, so I'll go first. Um, <laughs> don't be shy. Don't oh be shy. Man. So <laughs> I always have, like, this little spill that I normally say, um, but I'm going to get real candid. So... Becoming a mental health advocate was by, it was a journey for sure. Mm -hmm. So I actually attempted suicide in September of 2016. I was going through a turbulent time in my life with family, uh, going through a toxic relationship. I had lost two family members and a friend who was shooting. So it was was really a buildup for me on my mental health and things that I did not realize were affecting me from my childhood. So literally, after attempting suicide, thank by the grace of God, I'm still here, um, went straight to my therapist on campus. Well, I won't say my therapist. I went to counseling services on campus, and it's free. So for anybody in college, it should be free. Yes, yes, yes. let them know. Mm-hmm. Um, you pay for it in your tuition. Yeah, well, you still, yeah, yeah it still go. comes out one way or another. That is you true, You won't see it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I went there. Um, I was like, yo, I don't know how this goes. I just need some help. Sign me up somewhere. So went there. Uh, I was in therapy weekly by weekly basis, whoever I could get to and talk to for eight months. And when I got out, um, at the time, uh, to kind of backtrack a little bit, at the time I was the face of my university. I was in Student University Activities Board. I was everywhere, nightlife. I was hosting events outside of campus. So I was, at in my college career, I was making more money and would look more successful then than any other time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but behind closed doors, I was just hurting. So eight months later, when I finished therapy, was doing a lot better. I was like, look at Harriet Tubman and other 
pioneers in the civil rights movement, how could they go through what they went through mm-hmm. and still be able to give back and help the community? And by the grace of God, I should use my platform that I have to be able to help people. Yeah. Started a hashtag, used what my football coach used to tell us, called Trust Your Journey. Um, all my best friends started posting it. Um, all the Greeks on campus started posting it. Met CEO and founder of FUBU, Damon John, and oh, he's wow. the one that actually told me I should turn that hashtag into a nonprofit. And at Sweet. that time, I had no idea that I could start a nonprofit with no money, but right. uh, I always say that he, when when the purpose is set in line with your his promise, um, the help is gonna come, and mm-hmm. the help definitely came. So that's a word. Became an advocate. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> I follow that man. <laughs> um, so I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder back in 2006. Um, I actually was drugged to the hospital by my family went through a period where I didn't sleep for two weeks and I lost about 25 pounds in a matter of six weeks. Mm. I was doing my sophomore year in college. I was at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Wow. Uh, I was on the football team and ran track there. Uh, just a tough time, man. Transitioning from high school to college, um, I was a three-sport athlete, uh, all state in track, coming out of high school and graduating to the top of my class. And Bertie County is very small. so. Going to a college where we got 30,000 students, where Mm. in my entire high school we had 1,000. You know, that was a hard transition. And then in addition to you having, what, uh, 2% black people there? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was a fish out of water. Um, But ended up receiving my diagnosis, uh, bipolar 1 disorder with psychotic features, because I was hearing voices at the time as well. And... um, it was something that scared me, but then also um, I didn't know what it actually meant. I just knew I wanted to get out of the hospital. Right. <laughs> um, because right. they had me strapped in a, in a straitjacket and I was in a padded room. So, yeah, because I went in fighting. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was bad. <laughs> wow. So um, once I got out, they told me I had to start therapy and I had to start meds. I did all of that, got better, but once I got better... Um, I thought I was cured, and that was that's when I stopped. Mm-hmm. Stopped taking my meds, uh, stopped going to therapy, but then also no one really knew what I was going through because mm-hmm. uh, I had withdrew from school, so I took a semester off from school, and I wanted to go back, and when I got back in school, my symptoms came back, and instead of me actually um, getting back on meds like I should have, I started self-medicate with alcohol. So I was drinking a fifth of tequila. I did that for about, I did, I drank a fifth of tequila every other day, and I did that for about three to four years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so nobody really would check me on it because, you know, in college, that's something that's, that's natural. You know, you, you dibble-dabble in drugs and alcohol and promiscuity and all of that stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Um, nobody really checks you on that stuff. But also during that period, I attempted suicide three times. Mm-hmm. So I uh, overdosed on pills twice, um, and you would think that I would <laughs> go get the help that I needed, but I didn't. But then the last time, I put a gun in my head and pulled the trigger and it jammed on me. God. So... That's what really led me to the point of working in, well, honestly, I had been working in the mental health field even starting out in high school because my family owned, like, group homes and stuff. Oh. So, but, I mean, I had that sense of ego and pride. and was like, yo, not me. Mm. But um, once I went through that last suicide attempt, I realized that I needed to change, and I got back on meds and everything and got better. 
And that's what led me to actually become an advocate for it. But then, you know, just to talk to my friends and stuff about it, but then actually try to help people get help. But then also I wanted to be more than just an advocate. Um, that's why I ended up going to get my degree in mental health counseling and become a therapist because there's not a lot of black male therapists right. um, out there. But then also now I'm pursuing my Ph.D. in, um, in uh, international psychology as well. Okay. So it's, it's more so of having that lived experience, but then also gaining that clinical knowledge so I can be able to help people, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Amazing story. Yeah, seriously. It's like, why do you think the conversation of mental health has become so prominent nowadays? Like people, you know, <clears throat> growing up and even I would say like a couple years ago, nobody was really discussing mental health. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just something that wasn't wasn't discussed, especially amongst black people. So like why do you think now hashtag self care. Exactly. That's the that's the thing now. Yeah. yeah. Like like so why do you think that, you know, mental health is is really has come into the spotlight nowadays? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give my perspective on yours, too. So, one, I think is something that can't be ignored um, because we do have so much going on and because we're in a social media-driven kind of world, mm. uh, media, so you get more light being shed on it. You can't ignore people who are just up and hanging themselves or killing themselves, however, mm -hmm. however it may be. Right. So, I think, one, it's, it's, I think it's always been going on. Um, just now we have better knowledge, I think, within our communities, too, of how to recognize it. Whereas you have the contradiction, this could go real far, but you have the contradictions between like spirituality and church and then like what's really wrong with somebody clinically mm. and then mm -hmm. just saying, oh, that's a demon that you're dealing with. So growing up in the church myself and my family, I think that's an issue there as well. And on another mm. side of it, I'm just going to say I think it's popular too. Um, definitely saw that with um, my campus when I started becoming an advocate. It seemed like a lot of people were – one to post hashtags or everybody po posts on Instagram or everybody organization wants to have a mental health program, right. but nobody was really advocating on a regular basis. I was having a program using a friend or my girlfriend's organization to get a room on campus, and I just left therapy myself right, right before I even got to the program that we had. So I, I think for me, kind of, it's, it's a popular thing too. And when you're dealing with people's emotions, I'm sure you can speak from a clinical side. You have the people that kind of take what they take for a reason and the people that kind of give what they give for a reason because of what they want back from it. So that's something I personally experienced. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It's funny, man, that you bring this up because um, I think, um, like like Kobe said, man, it's, it's really something that's a wave right now because you got certain people talking about it. Right, right. You, you have celebrities talking about it. You have um, <clears throat> professional athletes talking about it. You have... Now you have these individuals that we look up to, and they were saying, "Oh, well, I dealt with that too." Mm -hmm. You know, um, and then you think about what we were like two, three weeks ago when um, Kate Spade and Anthony Bordeaux. Mm -hmm. You know, the world was in a frenzy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But then you also got to look at who it was that that actually committed those. I mean, will die by suicide. Mm -hmm. So you you looking at two rich white people. Right. So that's where it's gonna get all that media attention. So, but what about the what about the uh, gentleman that died by suicide yesterday? Um, he used to play ball at UCLA, but then you also had another gentleman from that used to play ball at UCLA that died earlier this week. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but then what about the facts that 123 people die by suicide a day? And this has been a this has been a statistic for the last three four years. Mm. Wow. So, like, it all depends on who's 
being highlighted. Mm-hmm. But then also, you think about it now, though, like, you don't hear anymore about Kate Spade and David Bordeaux. Yeah, that's so, it. It's a wrap. I mean, I'm went. just saying. Netflix so it's, decided it's, to keep his, his show on for a little bit longer because it was his contract for the show was about to end on Netflix and due out of respect they decided to, to keep it on there a little bit longer but other than that I haven't heard anything about Anthony Bourdain so I say that those streams shot up too of course they for did for the show the same way it did for the young the rapper um, extension uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. those yeah. streams yeah. were up too so, so yeah. it's, it's produces money yeah. for them yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's it and yeah. so once those streams started to go down mm-hmm. they gonna start mm-hmm. taking that stuff off yeah. right Right. Mm. So that that was more. I feel like that was more of a reason for them to keep it on Netflix because they they know people is gonna gonna ride that wave and go. Oh well, yeah. This is my way to remember him. I'm gonna go and watch his show mm-hmm. or just curiosity. Or, right. Exactly. With the extension dude. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, but also piggybacking off of what Kobe said, man, is um, it, we can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's something that because you got more people actually talking about it, but then. Right. You have people that are out here really actually doing the work, mm-hmm. like Kobe and myself, when it comes down to addressing these issues and and then and then um, linking people with that with what they need to be linked to, right? And dispelling this myth of this is how this is how mental illness actually looks, mm-hmm. and that you know, especially me, we as black men, that we don't deal with these certain issues. Absolutely, so. yeah. I'm actually glad that you brought up existential. X X X I can never say like, his name. Wait, what is it? I X-X. thought it was extensions. It's, it's three, it's three <laughs> X's, but I don't know X. I think it's X X extension. I've never heard you. I've never heard anybody say it the same. So I don't know. It's like that guy. Like six I don't know how to say that guy. X X X named either. I don't. I that's don't below know. my generation. That's Takashi. Takashi 69. But I wanted to, to to bring up August Alsina because yeah. he was recently yeah. on Jada Pinkett's show that's on Facebook, The Red Table Talk, and talking about how he had suffered um, with depression and also d- doing a lot of drinking and drugs. And, yes, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I just kind of feel like I think with today's generation – and I'm going to say, like, from millennials on down, I think we're starting to realize that we we need to, for our mental our mental health and capacity, we need to speak out about these things. Because mm-hmm. for so long, it's been such, like, this, um, like you said, taboo in the church. And even sometimes within black families, like, mm-hmm. oh, no, you know, just you, you need to pray about it. And sometimes prayer, prayer works, but sometimes you actually need to take action. So I think it's really important that, you know that you guys are doing it, and especially because it's like, how old are you, Kobe? Um, twenty three. Oh, look at <laughs> <laughs> I just turned twenty three. Yes, and Rashawn, if you don't 31. mind, thirty one. Like, I mean, while we're still close, that's there's two different, there's two different generations, right? Yeah. But you know, you know, we we connect at at some point, and this is important, and I think this kind of helps. Mm. The older generations, the baby boomers and whatnot, to be like, you know what? Maybe we should have yeah these conversations. You know, have these conversations. Yeah. And I think, I think honestly though. In, in some instances, we were just ignoring certain things. Like, could we think talk about August Alcina? He put stuff in his music. Yeah. We think about we think about like one of my favorite. Over. You think about one of my favorite rappers. He was like, "When I die, I want to go to hell because I'm a piece of it ain't hard to tell." Right. Right. It don't make sense going to heaven with the goody goodies dressed in black, dressed in white. I like black Tims and black hoodies. Ooh. Yeah, that's a dark. That it is, is. Really dark. Lyric, though. It is. He said, "God don't probably have me on some real strict." No sleeping all day, no getting my lounge in it. Well, I can't, I got it singing it. But these things, that was in Biggie's song. The song was called mm-hmm. Suicidal Thoughts. Yeah. He talked about death all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Like it's all up and through our hip hop. Yeah. That's true. We yeah. just we just ignored it. Yeah. Which I'm glad you said that because that now that brings me to uh, one of my favorites. Who? Little Uzi Bird. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. No, yo, I feel the judgment from everybody. <laughs> I feel the judgment from everybody. We've talked about no this. Judgment, no judgment. We've, we've yeah, talked no about judgment, this since no on a new one. If y'all can see her facial expression, <laughs> right. Listen, we've talked about this. Y'all not gonna do it's this. It's because he, it's because he's from Philly. It is because he's from Philly. Like, there, there's the thing, but I actually do like Lil Uzi Vert. Yeah. But there's a lot of ra- younger rappers: Takashi Six Nine, Mr. Temptation, Mr. Triple X, Lil Uzi Vert. I don't know his name. A lot of them. A lot of them. A lot of them. <laughs> No disrespect. No we ain't talking about the wrestler. No, no, no disrespect. Not the, not the Vin Diesel movie either. Like, you know, but there's a lot of rappers who bring this stuff up in their music now. And I was kind of wondering why it was so popular, mm. not realizing that a lot of the younger generation kind of like relate to them. And I didn't realize that a lot of kids like Triple X Temptation had a huge fan base mm-hmm. because his music was so dark and a lot of people could relate to it because... That's what they the things that they were going through. But let me ask you this: I'm when it comes to because I, I actually I have a problem with that. Okay. I don't understand why it's so popular for a lot of these musicians to make music supposed to make people happy. I mean, it's supposed to bring awareness to certain things. But like when you're constantly putting these dark lyrics in your music that you know people are listening to, like don't you think that could be kind of triggering for certain people that's going through those situations? Like, like why why is that so cool to be a trigger for somebody? I don't think it's the point of it being cool, but also I think people are expressing themselves and they're expressing their realities. Mm. Um, I mean, because even if you're thinking about when it comes down to being dark, I mean, I know they were probably going through some of these things and being a celebrity and then, you know, being on certain platforms, that could be very taxing on your body mm. and it, because you're pulled in multiple directions and multiple times and people feel like, Oh, um, because you're this public figure, I should always have access to you. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, um, and then mm. you, and then you, you're comparing yourselves to other people. Um, you want to be successful. You want to do all of these types of things. But I think it's more so them speaking on their reality. Um, but then, of course, you got some mixing in. They want to be like, you know, ride that mental health wave as well. That but, was my um, next question. But you, I mean, it, that's hard to tell. Yeah. I, I, I can't really dictate who's doing that and who's not. All I can do is um, whatever you present to me is actually figure out a way to treat it or get you the help that you actually need. Mm -hmm. That's just like when somebody says, um, I kind of hate it when people say that um, people, they they talk about killing themselves or dying by suicide because they just want attention. Mm. Okay, if you want to get them attention, take their butt to the hospital. Yeah, right, right. Take them to the hospital. Yeah. If they faking it, once they be in that hospital for a little <laughs> bit, they, 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 they won't do that stuff no more. <laughs> right. They'll stop. Like seriously. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. You can't. You can't dictate if they're faking it or not. Go ahead and take them to the hospital. Get them the help that they actually need. Mm-hmm. If they're faking when they get in there, then they'll change that attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I just. Okay. Right. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, it's, it's that was a lot. That was <laughs> a lot. But now I'm trying to pick about what part that I really need to say. So it's kind of like. On the back end of what you were saying, I've been up all night with somebody who was trying to attempt suicide. And this is prior to my own attempt in 2016. I remember I was on the phone, literally on the phone with this dude, had a close relationship from nightlife and whatever. He was going through the next morning. He was like, I'm going to do it. Cut his phone off, couldn't find him. I drove around Greensboro until I found this dude, mm-hmm. called his girl, pulled up at his crib. Like, I did all this stuff for this individual. Called the police because he won't cooperate. And it was at the point I was about to get physical with this dude because right. he didn't want to take the help. 
called the police, and when they got there, he changed the whole script. Can't talk about what happened after the fact. But, yeah. like, <laughs> that to me, I was like, here I was dealing at the early stages of my deep, my actual depression. And there's right. a difference between depression and sadness. And I think that's another aspect of what the music side, I'm, I'm touching on a lot, but the music side of what you were saying before, like sadness to me is temporary, right? I mm-hmm. got the therapist saying it's temporary. Depression is like, it's some time in it. It's, right, it's right, you right. feeling the same way for like weeks and weeks and like you're having sex with mo- Yes. Like you're having sex with freedom. multiple women and I ain't feeling nothing. Like I got to get to the next. Like it's, yeah. I'm drinking, but I'm not getting drunk. And that for me and my place in life, I was drinking for free because I was the promoter. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I just think mm-hmm. there's, I think there's a lot, man, when it comes to music and when it comes to like depression and people saying, I, I want to, we use the word suicide very lightly too. Mm-hmm. And I think I would, I would personally say that I didn't really value life or understand how precious it is until after I personally attempted suicide. So some stuff I just, I won't even say as such. Like I got family, my and my, I got Buzz and Chris in my family. Like when they talk about shootings and things that happen, or family members are still in dire situations, stuff that I used to not cringe about when I was younger and was right. seeing it myself, where I was out there with my cousins too. Now I kind of, it's, it's a life. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's a different, it's a different feeling for yeah. me now too. But I think that comes into your uh, a spiritual awakeness. Uh, wokeness in general, how precious it is. And I think it's a level that you have to reach within yourself that you value things differently. And even in your music choice, because my mom always taught me you got to watch what comes through your eye gate, through your ear gate, what comes out of your mouth. Um, These things can enter your body. And I really do believe that truly because it can change the way you think, Mm -hmm. like in general. I hope that was... No, no, that that makes makes perfect sense. That was spot on. It makes absolute, like, perfect sense. Yeah. So, okay, so let's let's talk about, I guess, within like black or minority <clears throat> mental health, and particularly black people. Like, why do you like? Why do you think there's such a stigma when it comes to just the talk of mental health, especially amongst black men, in particular? Um, I would say one of the key things is ignorance. Mm. We don't know what mental health is, um, but then also we are trained to not really address our emotions and, and feelings. We're only, we're only able to display anger and happiness. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, we're taught at a young age, suck it up, mm-hmm. man up. You know, mm-hmm. ain't no crying, none of that stuff. So as you continue to receive those messages, you, you try to negate whatever else comes up. Yeah. And because you don't want to be seen as a punk or, you know, you don't want to be deemed any less of a man. So that's that's one thing. It plays the ignorance, the ego, uh, the fear, mm-hmm. and denial. Yeah. All of those things play into the stigma that keeps us from addressing mental health issues. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It kind of like, kind of goes away when we were talking about spiritual health yeah. and like why <clears throat> black men in particular are so not afraid to, you know, show that spiritual side of them, but just, you know, it's, it's, Reserved. it's like, yeah, it's very like, you know, we're like, I want to, nah, 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 I'm not going to do that yeah. because of mm-hmm. this, that, and the third, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <sighs> it's sad. <clears throat> you about to say something? No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel something. Yeah, I know. I feel oh, yeah, something. it's moving. I just because you know, even as an advocate, sometimes like people forget that that we have our own struggles too. Mm-hmm. Like 
it, it's almost like being a preacher or something. Like you're over a congregation or a church, and everybody expects you to be fully strong all the time. And then, yeah. like you deal with stuff too. And then you got to deal with the people who are, like, when your light is shining over your life. Then you got to deal with the people who want to test your light. So like when you're shining, you don't just get the good stuff that grows. You get the moths, you get the bats, you get the mm. the women who now want to test you because you have a a platform. Um, men too, because um, mm-hmm. many Bruh. many of them in the closet and they're dealing with mental health. So my DMs is popping with dudes just as much as women are, and mm. like that's even some stuff that I haven't really heard many people say. So as I'm listening to you guys, and I don't, I think much on the night. I don't think much on the night that I attempted suicide, but as I'm listening, we're kind of here and we're having a great talk. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking about like some of the stuff that people, I just feel like kind of miss, and like education is a big part of it because like I won't go too deep, but like my family grew up in the church. I grew up in the church. Even now, my older sister that I love very dearly still is learning me as an individual. She's the same age as Sean. Like mm-hmm. so, the way she deals with stuff is a whole lot tougher and harder than me. But we're eight years apart. So she got a different growing up experience. She was long gone in the home when much of the stuff I was dealing with was happening. Mm-hmm. So even now we're together, we're kind of relearning and discovering each other. And like I had breakdowns or something. I had a breakdown like the other week. I texted my homegirl Mara and I think I text you too. Like, and she didn't understand it. Like I try not to have episodes in front of like my girl or my mom or my sister or whatever. And then like I'm learning now to be more open with that. And I had like a Something I kind of take. I don't want to take too much of the time, no, but like I remember, like my first like manic manic episode type situation was uh, it was a holiday. For some reason, I have issues with holidays. Like it's like I can't make myself happy. Like everybody's hmm. happy on whatever holiday it is. It's like I try to get happy. I just end up getting sad. So it was what's the Saint Green? Yeah, Saint Patrick's Day, <laughs> and everybody's happy. They lit. We bar hopping. We in Greensboro, and I could just not get into the groove. Could not get in the groove, and I just walked out. Girl came outside, and my homegirl that was with us uh, asked Kobe, what is wrong with you? That was the worst thing she could have said. Ended up punching the tree, stopped traffic, car slammed on brakes, almost got hit by a car, hit their, hit their hood, walked across the street, ended up walking from almost A&T all the way down to like UNCG. So if you've been to Greensboro, wow. that's pretty that's, far yeah. that's before I stopped. That's and way then too much. a girl then pulled up on me, was talking in the parking lot, and I was trying to explain to them, it's like two people are inside of me. So, and at this time, I had just lost a second therapist. So, I had a counselor when I first got into therapy. They left the school. My next oh. therapist that I had, the counselor at school, I think was like an actual therapist because like a difference. Mm-hmm. So, then what happened? He left. And then the last person I had just won't hit. So, I was like, dang, like I can't get help. And I was trying to explain to them that night, like it feels like I can't explain it to you. Like it's just like something inside of me that just tells me I cannot be happy and I can't turn it off sometimes. So, I take this very seriously. Yeah. Um, so as we have this conversation today, it just makes me kind of realize the difference because it's hard enough to try to advocate for people that are struggling. Then you got to navigate the people who are trying to do it for money. Mm. You know I mean? Like, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's rough. Mm-hmm. Like, this is real. Yeah. 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 I actually wanted to, like, kind of, like, transition into, like, uh, starting starting the healing process and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, recovering from it. I don't know if I'm using the right words or not. But I, I am kind of interested to know, like, what so were some of, like... Fight. Yeah. So, like, what were, like, some of the first steps you took, like, to, I don't know if it was, like, you know, health-wise or what were you eating or whatever. Like, what are the, some of the first steps you took to help you to kind of transition to a better mental capacity? Um, for me, it's more so of having to learn myself. Mm-hmm. 
And that's being able to know my triggers, know who I need to be around, who I don't need to be around, what things I need to actually engage in and what stuff that I need to just be like, that's not for me. Um, that's a process, man. Um, it's an everyday process. Um, then also, if you're taking medication, you have to be able to actually understand that meds don't work overnight. It takes time to find. And then it's also not an exact science mm -hmm. as well. Um, also understanding that therapy is not the see-all, be-all. Like your therapist can only provide you with the skills to actually address your issues. And then for you, you got to put in the work regardless. Mm -hmm. Like that's the, go. yeah, yeah, you got to, you got to. Mm -hmm. So um, you may see your therapist once a week. You may see your therapist twice a week. But in the, in the meantime, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, you can't just depend on them to solve all of your problems. Right. So it, it, it took me to learn that. Uh, but then also understanding that, for one, bipolar disorder is a, is a chemical imbalance in your body. And um, understanding that that's also is dependent on the chemicals that I put in my body, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether even in what we eat. Mm -hmm. So I had to cut out, like, fast food and things of that nature and start eating healthier. Mm -hmm. Uh, start drinking more water, you know, those types of things to be balanced. Right. Um, because a lot of the stuff we eat, man, that, that stuff is pumped with hormones and stuff, man. So mm -hmm. you're going to have a, a chemical change in your body because you're putting that, that stuff in. Processed. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you have to be conscious of those things. Um, also, with that, I understand that working out helps me out. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have to create a routine for myself. Um, but then also... Uh, you mentioned self-care earlier. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people don't even know what self-care is. Yeah. Uh, me going, going, you know, going to get your nails done and just going to get a massage and stuff like that, that's not, that's not the sole thing for self-care. No, what are you doing to feed your mind? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing to address your issues, to decompress, to be able to push on and move forward through the next day? Mm -hmm. um, and that, that I meditate. I color. I do all of those things where I sit there and rest. I turn my phone off, man. Mm -hmm. Like, because even I try not to, like, like Kobe said, you got so many people reaching out to you and so many. Yeah. Like, sometimes I just be like, look, I, I got I got over 100 text messages right now I haven't read. Yeah. I don't even know. But, like, but I'm saying, like, it's because I got to protect myself at times because. Absolutely. Yeah. But then people don't understand that. Mm -hmm. and people get mad because they, they only see their world. And they'll, uh, like I said, like I said earlier, they was like, "Well, you're you're a public figure, and you're doing this to help people, so I'm reaching out for help." Mm -hmm. But also, I'm also giving you tools via social media. Go check out Psychology Today. If I don't respond to you in a, in a timely fashion, mm -hmm. there are ways that you can find therapists that that you can actually address the needs that you actually need to be addressed. Right. Because what people don't see, I'm I'm running three businesses right now. I'm seeing clients as well, mm -hmm. and I'm pursuing a PhD. So yeah. when <laughs> when, when do get, I yeah. right right? But people get mad at you for not responding, yo. Or people get mad. Oh, you can post on social media, but you ain't respond to my DM. Oh. I'm, 
Listen. Bro, I'm telling you. Listen. I told you, like, I, t- I texted you the other day, and, like, yeah, I know you didn't respond, but I saw your tweet earlier. It was like, I'm so tired. So, like, I didn't say, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then the next morning, I saw you tweet. You was like, I wasn't ignoring everybody. I was literally sleeping at 6.30. But why should you have to put that disclaimer out there? Yeah. I I, I agree with you. I shouldn't have to, but I, I have to. And, and, I, and I'm like you, like, I've turned all my notifications off. Yeah. I no longer get notifications for like especially like social media Instagram Twitter cut all that shit off yes because because it was giving me anxiety my phone stays on silent. Oh, yeah. When your phone Especially lights up, you doing yeah. something. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. And, I'm, and, and now I'm thinking about taking... to a, mm-hmm. you, yeah. I'm thinking about taking off my, my message notifications. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even want the red dots up there. Like, right. I'm really thinking about taking all that stuff off because it kind of triggers something in me, and I'm like, it's a mm. lot. Right. It's a lot. But that comes down to learning yourself. Yes. So, I mean, that's one of the first steps is being able to learn yourself, and then, <laughs> but then also being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. And not... Because... We as black men, we are always looked at to, oh, well, you're supposed to be the strong one. You have to be, you even said it earlier, you try not to show out in front of your girl or in front of your sister. Why? I mean, but, yeah, but I, I mean, not, not for you to answer it, I but. Don't, I don't be thinking they know how to deal with it, for real, for real. Like, but, the, but the thing about it is, we still have to wear that mask. Oh, we have that, we have that um, always in the back of our mind. We always got to put this front on. And we can't be true to ourselves. So if we can't be true to ourselves, how can we really heal? Mm. You can't heal what's wrong with you. That's facts. So, I mean, you can't really take mm. steps forward if you won't be like, okay, well, there's a creek in front of me. So I got, if I'm going to go walk in the creek, jump over the creek, whatever. You got to acknowledge that creek before you go over it. Yes. Yes. That's, That's it. Yes. I need to take Every, <laughs> every session in this series that we've had I'm sitting here like yeah. I just am learning so much absolutely it's, it's ridiculous yeah I think growth is learning yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. constantly yeah. We, we have to do it all the time yeah, yeah. it's and never I, ending I think it's because it's people that we don't interact with you know what I'm saying you talk right. to people all the time your friends your family you know about things you're going you know you're, that's going on within you but then when you Blind talk to other people yeah yeah <laughs> like you Facts. talk to people that literally don't know you <laughs> yeah true. you know what I'm saying it's a different type of it's yeah. a different type of feeling you sitting there like you know your mom telling you something it's like you right mom right. I got you <laughs> you saying it's like, yeah, like oh god right. Right. Like, wait say it again right. like, you know what I'm saying Right. Like other people, it's just in one ear, out the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other people, it's just like, all right, it's in, it's here. I got you. Mm-hmm. I hear it. Actively yeah. listening is something that I've learned at work, but actively listening is something that many people don't know how to do. Mm-hmm. We listen to respond. Right. We don't listen to take it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. yeah. 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 I agree. I absolutely. I actually want to like kind of like go back a little bit because I know how you you guys said that your friends didn't like talk to you about like when you were doing a lot of drinking and whatnot. Oh man. Yeah. Cause I'm I, younger too, so I, right. I just got out of the conversation. But I actually I actually had a friend when I was when I was at A and T who at one point he was drinking all the time. And I actually was it made me so uncomfortable that I was like, yo, like are you okay? You good? <laughs> are you are you are you all right? And I didn't think and I don't think he felt at the time comfortable enough to like be like you know I'm going through something yeah. you know so I just kind of was like you know I put that bug in his ear and was like yo yeah. if you need to talk like I'm here yeah right, right, right. you know yeah. and I just kind of feel like what are you guys um like what are you what are your thoughts on like not having that or like wh- how, do you think it would have changed uh, the course of events I know this is a deep question. No, yeah I, I know do you think it would have changed I mean, a, yeah be, I, <laughs> oh um 
my whole I, I'll talk a little bit. I, mine ain't gonna be that long. Um, you good? You good? I, so we I are not mad at all. Yeah. So like, I haven't had like a legit therapist sit across from me and say you have bipolar disorder. Or this is what's going on. Cause like every time I got about right to the point, like I did the little charts where you check off everything for bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. and everything pretty much checked off. But by the time I got to another session, the therapist person at the, my school was already gone. So that's no not to my school, but like our department changed so much. Like the consistency was really. Be- so, so let me interject real quick. It's hard to keep a therapist in those settings because, for one, they're not being paid like they should be, but then also their caseloads are humongous. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, to be honest with y'all, UNC tried to get me to come be a therapist. I said, y'all tripping. No. Not doing that. Wow. Only might have worked me to do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. For pennies. Right. Just, like, seriously. Like, we yeah. have, like, six, eight <laughs> therapist people, cars. So, right. So, yeah, like that, that's another aspect of it, too. And then after I actually became an advocate, like, the therapists on campus were telling me it got packed because I was the face of my university at the yeah. time. But at my, um, so, yeah, like, I haven't actually been told that I have, all I have is the sheet from where I checked it off. And, I mean, having friends who are mental health or my homegirl, Mara Sturkey, she's CEO and founder of Silent Me. Like, her people who have been trying to guide me and help me find a post-graduation therapist because I got to pay for it now. Yeah. But, like, in hindsight, what you were saying with my friends, so my crew was legit. Like, so my best friend was the Mr. A&T. My other best friend was... Uh, he was a Q dog. He was a star linebacker on the football team. He was like the face. My older brother, who took me in, was uh, longest ever band captain. He was a Q, had his own promo team organization. Like, my whole group of friends were like the, the guys. So, with that comes the girls. With that comes mm-hmm. at AT, we got this clout thing that really needs to get out. But it's like this popularity thing. And most universities mm-hmm. have that, but AT is on another level. Yeah, level. So, it's like, we got the who's who's. Yeah, and really when you is. when you mm-hmm. want to know, you want to know. You want a group of people. It's like 11,000 people, but it's really like 200. Facts. Like the, the known popping people, whatever. And I was in that clique. And I that's something I, I thought I loved until once I realized when I was there, I really didn't have that many guys and men to confide in, like, yo, I'm sleeping. I mean, we can be camp. I'm like, I'm hitting like three, four girls a week. Different girls, and I know this ain't healthy. I might be using a condom, but like I don't, I can't stop. There was times that I could not go to sleep unless I had sex. Like yeah. I had to have sex, and that was that was a, I knew it was a problem. But I was like, well, maybe I'm supposed to be like this. And yeah. then drinking, I was in nightlife, so I drank for free. So like, shoot, instead of my friends being like, yo, like maybe chill, they was like, yo, can you get me a bottle discount? How much Ooh, is Bel-Air? Like That is all facts. So it was just kind of like, it was just like a nonstop thing. And then at post-graduation, there's been conversations that I've had with a few, my older brother for sure, um, my best, best friend, like, yo, you know, I was going through this and I kind of opened up to you about it, but they didn't know how to approach it. And having, what word I'm trying to use, having emotional not knowledge, but like intelligence. Intelli- yeah, emotional intelligence to actually understand what somebody is going through is yeah. difficult. Yeah. And I think the university for me definitely not, that's no knock to my university. I love my school, but like the environment played a big key role there as I got higher up because you don't know really who to talk to who's dealing with the same type thing. And I, I mean, there's three or four, I might have been at my height. So to speak, dealing with three or four different women a week, but I know guys who was dealing with way more numbers of that. 
And we all do. Like <laughs> on a regular basis, and STDs are rampant on A&T's campus. People getting burned every day, not yeah. week, every day. So it's it's uh, what was the question? Like it was it was a lot, man. But I think for me personally, there's no knots in my friends. Like as I became more woke and I understood what I was going through, mental health, I think they understood it more. And when it was like, oh dang, my boy almost attempted suicide. What does that say about me as a friend? Right. And I was yeah. the person who checked on. Like I call. All my homeboys, I'm known for FaceTime, but everybody in the road, like, bro, did Kobe just FaceTime? Yeah, he FaceTimed me. What do you want? Nothing. He was just seeing what I was doing. And I'm the one that attempted suicide, so ain't nobody check on me. Yeah. So I think sometimes it kind of happens like that, like, check on your strong friend is what I always say. Check on the friend that nobody else checks on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, from, just from a professional level, like I said, I understand that <laughs> We don't have enough counseling resources on any campus, to be honest with you. Any campus I've ever been on, there have not been enough counseling resources. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also with that, it's even less resources for people of color. Mm -hmm. No matter what university, whether you're at HBCU or whether you're at a PWI, it's, it's, you know, not existed at a a PWI, to be honest with you. as far as for my friends, I don't charge. I don't. I don't. I don't. You know, blame them for anything. Mm-hmm. Man, we were 18, 19, 20 years old. We ain't know nothing. Right. I didn't know. Shoot, I didn't even know what was going on with myself. So yeah. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I can't even. You yeah. know, charge. You right. know, charge it to them. Yeah. And right. then when I did find out, when I did receive my diagnosis, I ain't tell them. So mm. I didn't tell them for seven years. Because what wow. could they do about it? Like. Nah, well, I was afraid of what they would say, and then um, also, like I said, we, uh, I'm, 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 I'm a little older than Kobe, so like yeah. <laughs> I was in college from from '05 to '09, so like it was a little different era then, you know. <laughs> yeah, so like nobody talked about mental health at all, like so you know, it, right? Exactly. So like. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't charge my friends to nothing. To be honest with you, it, yeah. was, it got to the point where it was my responsibility to make sure that I check on them and make, make sure that I share with them. And then, um, man, I challenge my friends to this day. My friends know what I do, and they still be talking out the side of their neck. And I had to check them every mm. single time. Wow. I mean, but just, I mean, but we're trained that way. So it's, I can't expect them for me to have one conversation with them and they change their whole mind state of stuff. Right. I can't do that. So right. I have to check them on a, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my homegirls that I talked to, she like like Kobe said, she hey, we we throw around crazy a lot. She she used crazy for everything. Oh, that was crazy. That mm-hmm. was crazy. And I check her every every time she's on the phone with me. She'd be like, Ugh, I know you hate that word, and she had to change her wording. But it's conditioning. Yeah, like, that's why. I use, yeah, I, right, I, right. I'm like right. I'm, I'm like I'm li- I'm listening to you because I use that a lot now, and I've been right. trying to use I've been trying to say, "Ooh, that's wild!" Like my right, new word, right, right, right. my new word is wild because right. I know that that can be triggering to people and offensive. So that's I mean, but know. like we we don't we don't really understand how language plays into someone not reaching out for help. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because who wants to be considered crazy unless you Debo? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for real. Unless you yeah. Debo, you run around the hood, you will knock a person out or whatever, right, and they right. continue to do crazy, crazy, and you get right. that respect that way. Who else want to be considered crazy? Yeah. Right. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I don't blame my friends for nothing, man, but I, I also I make it a point to 
challenge them. Mm-hmm. And then I continue to challenge myself as I learn more about myself, as I learn more about my, my studies and, you know, all of those types of things. Yeah. So it's, it's something that uh, I enjoy doing. Yeah. <laughs> but then even my Ph.D. program, man, I'm in a Ph.D. program with a bunch of white people. I challenge them every single day. What's that like? Ugh. Just like oh. I just I know, I know, I'm <laughs> right. Like, I'm like, <laughs> you, you don't me meet you don't meet too many almost... black men. I think that's why this conversation. Don't you don't meet too many of you guys yeah. that are so passionate about about this. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And it's not that you're passionate about it because you know it's something that you read up on. It's just like, oh, this is really cool. It's because you guys literally went through it and you're willing and open to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I so like, yeah, like what what is that? What is that like? Um, what. I talk with my homegirl Ola, man. She, we both in the cohort. She's she's a black um, woman that's in the in the cohort, and we are only two black people in yeah in our cohort. Um, it makes me realize the reason why certain things are the way they are when it comes down to the field of mental health on the mm-hmm. other side. Mm-hmm. When it comes down to the politics, when it comes down to um, even the DSM, how that thing is written. Mm-hmm. That thing wasn't written for us. What is DSM? That's the that's the diagnostic manual that people that the clinicians use to actually be able to diagnose people with certain things. So that's you you it has it's a gamut of uh anxiety. It lists the symptoms for anxiety. It lists the symptoms for depression, bipolar. Everything is in there. So I had to read it in school. Mm-hmm. I actually study it now because I want to change that moment. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it doesn't it doesn't encompass. Because it's based off of studies and research. Okay, so just in it, so that doesn't include like when you say studies, like studies of like, I guess like the way you were raised and whatnot. So are you saying like hmm. it doesn't include like studies like you know black young black males and young black girls who the come experience. from the hood or who come from is fatherless because, homes? Like the SAT or, is, not, is like culturally biased. It's kind of like mm-hmm. the same type of situation. Mm-hmm. So so the, so so to to prove your to to go into what you're saying uh-huh. is when I say studies. How many of y'all go participate in a study when it comes down to mental health? I ain't never been asked about a study. Exactly. Yeah, but mean. but even when it comes down, think about so this this book was first written in like oh I can't tell you the dates, but it's been years ago. Before nineteen fifty. Right. So you're thinking about if you're thinking about somebody coming up to do a research study on you in the hood, mm-hmm. talking about mental health or psychiatric disorders. We're not participating well, get in that, out that stuff. street, talking right? <laughs> you, <laughs> you're yeah. not participating yeah. in that stuff. Yeah. So how can it encompass something for our culture if we don't participate in the stuff? But then also you got to look at the people that are coming in to conduct the research. If they don't look like us, yeah. we're not about to open up about that stuff. Ooh, that's true. So Same. that's why I'm going to get my PhD, so I can do the research on my people, so I can figure out how to help my... I know how to help my people, mm-hmm. but I need to put it in the writ, uh, written words so that I can... Lay it on the line for these people. Like, look, this is what I know. Because they not going to go off of just my word of mouth. Yeah. Right. 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 Because that ain't the way the system set Research, up. facts. Yeah. That ain't the way it works. They ain't going to go off of just my lived experience. Right. Right. That's good. That's important. That's, good. That's really important. Very. I think it's, it's, it's detrimental even. Wow. So I mean, yeah. So I mean, it's a lot of different factors. That, cause I, I see, I see kids, the kids that I work with, man, they misdiagnose all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I, I always put this out there, like for 
my young boys that I work with, they they may have received a, a diagnosis of ADHD or ODD, mm-hmm. uh, which ADHD is high, you know the hyper um, d- disorder, uh, yeah. attention deficit attention disorder. Mm-hmm. So and then ODD is uh, oppositional defiant disorder. Okay. So and but I'm like, so how did y'all give him the diagnosis? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh well, you know he's not paying attention. He won't listen to the teacher, or you know he gets up and slam a book and this. Then okay, all right, cool. So. For one, he's eight years old. Facts. Mm-hmm. I can't sit in my chair for a long period of time. I'm 31. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, right. But on top of that, this kid, what is what, what goes on after he leaves this school? Right. When he go home, mom working two shifts, she probably don't get home till 11, 12 o'clock. Dad may not, may or may not be around. Mm-hmm. Big brother doing his thing. Right. Right. So, so when he when he get out of school, oh, he governing himself. Mm. He ain't gotta listen to nobody. Right. So what made you think he could listen to you when he come to school? Ooh. We had that happened when I think I was maybe about seven or eight years old. All the black kids in my elementary school was brought into a room. I mean, I got in trouble for it. You know what I'm saying? But it was just this woman came in a room, told her teaching, like, I need to speak to so and so, so so so, and they brought us in this room. Now I didn't know this at the time, but she's a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And she's like, You're asking the seven-year-old all these questions. You know, you give them as candy, we coloring. Right. Right. It's me. And I, I didn't realize at the time, but it's me and all my black, right. you know, all my black friends. We just sitting here like, oh, so who do you live with? I'm like, oh my mom, my dad. Right. What does he do? What does she do? All these questions. Like, you Yo. know what I'm saying? And I went home and my mom was one of the moms. She went through my bag and I had this candy. And she's like, you know, Shrug, where you get this candy from? And I'm like, oh, the white lady gave it to me. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. My mom's, right. My mom's like, "Oh, you know, you Miss Myers." I was like, "Nah, uh, the lady. She brought us into a room." My mom right. was like, oh, "Okay." Right. <laughs> and was at the school the next morning. Like, yeah. excuse me. Why was my yeah? Like, right. there was no. Why was yeah. my daughter brought into this room? To test, you know, like, and and she asked, "Well, who else was in the room with you?" Right. Oh, Nico, DJ, right, RJ, right, right, right. all the black kids. But see, but never then, happened again after my mom was done with Dr. Marsh right. ever. <laughs> but in, but then also think about the the implications that that does to just the whole narrative about mental health. Now your mom looking at your mom may look at mental health like, yo, this ain't right. Yeah. Like yo, like like this is just a sham, and they doing stuff on kids, and and they not even getting permission from the parents. Right. So that turns her off from the whole services of mental health. Or you possibly getting some help from somebody else that could really help you. Right. Or even, you know, get tested about if, if anything is going on. Yeah. You know, that, then that's when you result back to, oh, just pray about it. Mm. <laughs> you mm. know, because you don't trust. We are, black people have trust issues when yeah. it comes down to uh, health mental health, in health in general. Yeah. So yeah. we, so that just yeah. perpetuates what, you know, <laughs> what we already yeah. believe in our community anyway. So mm-hmm. think about all of those ramifications just on that simple thing. Hmm. And it won't ethical for her to do that anyway. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But but one hour spoiled a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't I don't know what them other moms did. You know, right. they yeah. came. Right. My mom was the one that was like, "That is Why wild." Do you ask to me, me. ask me all these questions. Like, what's your dad do? How right. many brothers and sisters you have? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, oh, I have. You know, like, are they by the same? Are they by the same parents? <laughs> right. Are those your right. stepsisters? Right. Right. Wow. Right. Right. But you know, I got coloring and I got a bunch of candy in a yeah. juice box. I'm good. I'll answer whatever you need. You know what I'm saying? But I guess it kind of goes back to what we said. Like, you know, like I'm seven years old. I'm just gonna do this because somebody's asking me to. Right. You know what I'm saying? So now you're gonna diagnose me with something just because I was just being a kid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. I touch on this too. Yeah. Like I remember when I was younger, like first grade or was it third grade? No, it had to be like second or third grade. I was diagnosed with ADHD. 
ADD, ADHD. Depends on which one. Yeah. So I, they started me off with like 10 milligrams, and then that didn't work. So I went to 15 milligrams, mm. and I went to like 20 milligrams, and I was I was like gaining mad weight. And I remember my mom like said, they, so then my doctor wanted to take me up to like 25 milligrams, and my mom I had gained like 40 some pounds. I remember this very vividly. My mom was like, you just going to have to learn how to control yourself at school because, one, I ain't about to keep paying for this medicine. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know what really is the issue. Right. And, like, I look back on it in hindsight because there's so many parts of my story that I look back on. It's like, dang, like, I, I was rough. But, but you like, were just a kid. I, yeah, but I had a cousin. My cousin, I won't say the name, mm-hmm. wherever this goes. Like, he was on, like, 40 milligrams, and he was on Ritalin, which led to him being on crack. Like, Ooh. I don't know, like... Yeah, so, like, I don't know if the Ritalin played a role in that. I've heard people make the comparisons there, too, but I just wanted to say that about medicine. I think medication is there for good things, too, but I think there's some downsides of medication. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And as far as mental health on my side, I've never taken uh, medication yet, but I haven't been diagnosed either, so trust my journey. Right. Quick question. So did the teacher diagnose you with ADHD? Right. Because that's something I hear about a lot. A lot of teachers, teachers, tell, teachers telling parents that you need to, you know, take your child because right. they have such and such disorder. And I'm like, okay, How are the teachers know? being trained? Like, Not like, are the teachers being trained to like spot that? I don't think so. Not my school. I'm from right. The like, like, how you gonna tell me? I my, don't understand how you could diagnose right. a seven year old kid. But that's the so that's the thing. Oh, it, it's possible, but it needs to be done by a trained professional. Mm. Right. So that's the thing about it is. Um, just like the word crazy we throw out there loosely, we throw out a lot of diagnoses loosely, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they don't even know what it actually means. That's why I say ignorance is something that is is killing us when it comes down to mental health. Mm-hmm. Because you, 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 toss around these, you toss around these terms and you really don't even know what it means. Mm-hmm. It's just like sometimes whenever I speak to some kids, man, and um, they're talking about, uh, oh, this, this weather is bipolar. What does that even mean? <laughs> I'm guilty of it. <laughs> what, is, what do it mean? I, I feel bad now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm guilty because I'll say it with like, right. you know, when I'm looking over here and it's sunny and then I'm sitting here with my windshield, windshield wipers on because it's pouring rain. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, so right. like, I'll say something like that. But when you say I'm like, I shouldn't say that. That's not very nice. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Because like people like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's more than just mood swings. I mean, and that's that's definitely your line. You're the official therapist. But it's more than just two different sides to, like, bipolarism. I guess if we get into, like, different <clears throat> stigmas or whatever. But, I mean, people say that all the time. But it's more than just, it's not just mood swings. Like, that goes back to the whole sadness thing. It's real temporary. Mood yeah. swing is you sad and then your boyfriend coming over and you happy. Like, it's, it's a difference. Yeah. But, yeah. but then there's also a difference between um, a mood swing, you having a mood swing and personality disorder. Um, I could be in a, ma- a, a phase of mania for two weeks. It doesn't happen just that quick. It's not something like that. I, got, I My longest phase of depression has been eight months. Mm. Wow. So, I mean, it's not something that happens with the, the change of the wind. Mm. Right. It's a gradual progression. I wish it did. I would hurt. <laughs> mm. like, but, I, I mean, but like I said, a lot of times like it's ignorance. We don't know. Yeah. But then when you're having people try to teach you, are you, like you said, are you listening or are you just trying to respond and just so they can get out your face? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of remember that situation. We were well, not situation that conversation we were having. We recorded an episode, and my sister she said something about the depression commercials that she sees on TV and how much she gets annoyed by it. She's like, I'm so tired of seeing like these. We talk about medicine commercials, yeah. And the depression one really gets her. She's like, you know, like you're not really depressed. Blah 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 blah. And then you said something, and I was, you know, what I'm saying yeah. I didn't even know, you know, what I'm saying. So like my sister's saying this, and I'm laughing. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, but medicine commercials in general, I don't understand yeah. why we. The side effects. Why are we selling stuff on TV that we got to go to a doctor to get? Like I said, cash rules everything around us, man. Yeah, Yeah. you know what I'm saying? But then then you kind of schools her on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right then there, you like, "Mm, but. Right, yeah. Period. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) it was just. Like, the highest of. I don't want to throw out facts. I'm not saying for sure. But, like, the people with depression are the highest buyers of tobacco products. Wow. Yeah. Like, diagnosed. I think I've seen this way. Sean, help me out. I do. See. I, I, I'm almost I, mean, I hear that on the truth before. commercials. That's yeah, the truth I really, commercials. I mean, because really, they say one in what one in four adults are um, suffering from a mental health challenge. Mm-hmm. But really, when it comes down to it, we all deal with something at some point. Uh, at some level, right? At some, at some level. So it's, it's like like Meek says, levels to this. Right. <laughs> I mean, but. At some point, we deal with something because life is stressful, period. Yes. So when it comes down to, you know, there's a tobacco thing, like, we know a bunch of people that smoke, uh, smoke mm-hmm. whether it be tobacco, weed. I mean, so all of, all of these things are substances. So, yeah. and we, we're, we're using it as coping mechanisms instead of actually dealing with whatever we actually have to deal with. And mm-hmm. then, you know, we as black people, we have generational trauma. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we deal with a lot of stuff, and even from, you know, the days of slavery and what we did, we just green and bear it. So that's we pass that we pass that on to your children. You've had and so now it goes to your grandchildren. Then it goes to your great grand. So yeah. that's what we we just oh we you just suck it up and keep on moving. Nah, G, we got to actually um, unpack this stuff mm-hmm. so we can be healthy. Yeah. Those spirits move. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. We right. gotta we gotta do something better, man. Because I mean, we are surviving, but we we could thrive a lot, yes. a lot yes. better. Yes, <laughs> I get so tired of people saying, "I'm, I, I'm, you know, we're surviving." I'm so glad you said that. I guess I'm like, survive is like you barely touching right, right. the, yeah. barely touching the brim. I'm like, I'm trying to be over the brim, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Yes. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Agreed 100%. But I think too we we get a we get we are we live in a society where we praise people for struggle. Mm, why you got to do this today? I mean <laughs> Oh. We we praise people for struggling. Mm. And so that's why you get caught up in that we like, you know, somebody be like Man, I'm just barely making it. I you you'll never hear anything good come out of their mouth. I'm like, bro, you got that's why you know my post the other day. I was like, yo, I gotta I gotta wing myself off of that self pity. Things ain't as bad as I always look at it. Yeah, it's, it's not. Mm. I can celebrate myself sometimes. Like Sean, you really doing this shit? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. <laughs> like yes. I mean, that's what it that's when so it comes. That, yes. Like, I don't even want to. <laughs> I don't even want to get on that, but that's so good because even at my stage, um, being a little bit younger, but even at my stage, like we're really taught humil- oh, we're really taught humility sometimes. Like, mm. and I like I think sometimes we like I know for me I can put myself I'm an expert of Kobe. I can be humble to a fault. Like I don't give myself enough credit. So in hindsight, sometimes I look back on what I went through in college and what I was able to do now and being in the corporate world, being older, and I'm like, yo, dang, like, like. 
I did that shit. Like you said, right. like I did that and I did it with this, mm-hmm. battling this. Right. Yeah. Like battling myself has been the, the hardest battle challenge of anything. So like that's just amazing that you say that because we don't give ourselves enough credit. And I think that's mm-hmm. a part of learning your self-care because I feel like everybody's self-care is different mm-hmm. as it as it goes to them. Mm-hmm. I guess so we know when people say things like, you know, when people post things on Instagram or on Twitter and they're like, you know, somebody will come to you like, you know, well, why are you always posting stuff? Like, you know, and I'm like... <laughs> wait, so, wait Oh, minute. people will ask. Like, what? I next, people will really ask, like, you know, well, why are you always posting stuff? Or like, I'm about to unfollow them because they just too positive. <laughs> right, uh, right. What? Uh, what? We what? Uh, like, we I, are I, I saw your post the other day and I... Dub- <laughs> Double tap, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is wrong? Like, why do we want to see positive? the negativity? What is wrong with somebody uplifting everybody else? Right. Well, so I get so like, you know, they need to like, I'm not following them no more. They just, <laughs> they just too happy at 9 a.m. They live in, yeah. they're breathing. You don't know what's going on, but you don't know what's going behind, going on behind them, them fingers. The That's, That's crazy. crazy. But I think that actually kind of stems from you think about journalism. You think about when you're watching the news. The news is set up where it's like, oh, all this bad stuff. And at the end, at 852, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. some puppies were born at the zoo today. Right, 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 right. <laughs> David Muir does it every day right. on yes. World <laughs> like, Nightly News, like, all this like, good Trump and the yeah. Thailand and this, that, and the third, somebody died. And then over right. in Arkansas, right. some good news. Man, right, you know, bro, I'm right. trained. Like yeah. 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 I'm trained. They got access to you. They don't have access to them. So they sit there and they still watch it. Yeah. They feel like you're accessible. I said yeah. something the other day. Um, on like a live video at my Insta story the other day, and I was like, "Yo, I realized like midway through the semester, I didn't want to be a motivational speaker, and mm-hmm. like to this day, I still at this given point, I don't feel like God's placed that calling on me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to do all the extra creating post. Like it's hard being a motivational speaker. One, don't have the money to pay somebody. I don't even have nobody right now recording this. Like <laughs> this, like that's. I feel like that's not my calling of where God wanted me me to be with this advocacy." Mm-hmm. I, Heard some people speak on my life about being a preacher. That, that's I don't want that yet, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. But like, it, it's amazing to me because you see so many people now who are like at my age want to be motivational speakers or want to be content curators. Don't even know what it is. Just making little stuff to put on their story, <laughs> but you don't have a purpose. You don't have a why. You don't have a reason behind what you're doing. And in many cases, you don't have a testimony because if you had a testimony, you would have a why. And you know why you're doing what you're doing. So I don't really have nothing else to say. Go ahead, though. But I'm telling you, though, like in the back of it, it's kind of like, what are you? Why are you doing what you're doing? And then you run out of con. I can't run out of content about attempted suicide. I can't run out of content about struggle. I can't run. I can't run out of these things because I'm not trying to sell you something. I'm selling you my life. Like Mm -hmm. that's what it is. So for me now, and like (laughs) rediscovering who I am at this level, and what Sean was saying earlier is like, you know, I know myself. Like. I know where I'm at now. Like I, I came out of a trailer house home, so I don't, I don't, I could get a Gucci belt and some other stuff this weekend, but now I don't see myself doing that to try to self heal or try to do stuff for me when right. I'd rather take that bread and pay a bill or do something that's gonna stand for my family. In mm-hmm. hindsight, in retrospect to that, like it's on my spirit to kind of say this too. It's just kind of like I feel like with my generation, people don't know themselves. Like they're really. We're disconnected from God, so because we're disconnected from God and we're plugged into the media and we're plugged into the world, they're telling us, they're giving us the images of what we think we should be or where mm-hmm. we should be at mm-hmm. at our point in our journey. So then we lose sight of who we are. 
We don't know whose we are, so we don't know what we have. And the biggest thing that you ever will have in life is what are you going to do with what you have left? Mm -hmm. Not who left, not what left, not what you didn't reach, not what you didn't get. But what are you going to do with what you have left and your circumference that you can control? Because it's outside of your control, you can't control. Mm -hmm. I can't bring back an ex that I had who I was heartbroken or lost over. I can't bring back homeboys that got shot. I can't take back the times I beat the heck out of somebody else. Like, I... These are all, all you can do is move forward. Right. So, like, it's in my spirit to just say, like, with my generation, that I, that loss of identity, when you look in the mirror, when you look in the mirror, I'm country, when you look <laughs> in the mirror and what you see is all that you have, yeah. right? So, like, what, what you see, what you think you are, but if you ask somebody, who are you, nine times out of ten, I've done this with my close friends, who are you? The first thing they tell me is what they do. Do, that's right. The first thing they tell me is what they have. And then after that, they, it just trails off because they, I was just like, bro, y'all don't even know. Mm. But I'm the one that attempted suicide. I'm the one that's crazy. The word of God for the people of I God. I'll tell you about that word, man. Right. Right, 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 right. You sure you don't want to be a preacher? I'm right. saying, hey, no. That's all I'm about to say. I was like, yo, you sure? Are you sure? You, you, sure you still young. Just, yeah, yeah, just yeah, keep yeah. it on the back burner. Put it on the back I need, burner. I need some work. You yeah. know? No. But, uh, I mean, he really is preaching, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because when it comes down to it, you know why people don't know themselves? They're scared to know who they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They may not like what they find out. Man. Yeah, exactly. They won't like what they find out. That's good. That's good. They won't. That's good. Ooh. Because you got to sit with that. Mm-hmm. You really got to sit with that. Either, either you go and make a real effort to change it. Or you go just put it back and try to re hide it. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. That is tough. Being honest with yourself is hard. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's something I, I work on every day. Mm. It, honestly, being honest with myself and, you know, why did I say that thing? And why did I say that to that person? And, you know, why did I do that? And, and they be like, dang. Straight <laughs> <laughs> up. I'm petty. And that's why I did but that. But that's being honest with yourself. Right. Like, right, 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 you know, why'd right. I do that? Because I'm just I'm petty. petty like that. Like, <laughs> it is what it is. Like, <laughs> that's important, though. That's important to realize those things uh, about yourself. Oh, um, gosh. You guys, we're going to wrap up right here. We're going to get to our midday thought and yeah, let y'all really go. There's oh, nothing okay. else to say. Like, y'all, y'all said. I y'all would love to it. have y'all on again, though, because I, this conversation will never be done. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just, yeah. I don't know. I'm just. To, to at least tell the people where to find you at. Yeah. Like, where they can find more information about you. And what and you're your, doing. And your work. Yeah. Um, for me, man, you can find me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, Rashawn is R W E N S H A U N. Shoot, honestly, that's my name on everything. Mm-hmm. And if you Google me, that's my uh, Rashawn.com. Uh, you can find me because I'm the only one spelt like that. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but then also my organization is uh, Eustress Inc. is E U S T R E S S I N C dot org, and Eustress Inc. on um, social media as well. Um, I got a lot of stuff going on, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Check it out. Um, cop my book. I'm um, actually doing a um, 
a campaign right now called Pathway to Eustress, where I'm working on getting 100,000 copies of my book into prisoners' hands. Mm. Yeah, so I'm working on that campaign right now. Um, The book is called Injured Reserve, Mm. um, a black man's playbook to um, address being sidelined by mental illness. So I really go more into depth than my story. But then also I challenge the reader to actually um, address their own issues. Mm. So it's not just about me. It's actually a workbook for individuals to help themselves as well. that's great. So, um, yeah, that's the main thing got going on right now. Uh, got a clinic coming up soon, too. So I'm opening up a mental health triage clinic, too. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you so, going to open it up here in Charlotte? Yeah, here in Charlotte. Nice. The first one will be here in that Charlotte. Was one of my then, questions. But then uh, the next one is going to be in my hometown, Bertie County. Okay, so, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so got a lot of things going in motion, man. Yeah. So I'm always working. Yeah, you yeah. out here. What about mm-hmm. you, Kobe? All right, so. You can follow me on all social media at Kobe Cornell, that's C-O-L-B-Y-C-O-R-N-E-L-L. You can also follow my nonprofit at Journey of Mind, I-N-C, on Instagram and Facebook at this time. Um, while still personally transitioning and growing into uh, the work world um, here in Charlotte, North Carolina, so we're looking to get involved with um, the greater Charlotte community. Um Personally, right now, I'm really excited about we're looking forward to doing a mental health symposium at A&T this year. Um, So that's in Charlotte. And then working as well, trying to find a venue to do a scholarship ball um, in Charlotte, North Carolina this year. So those are two really big things that kind of networking and getting to know individuals and and older Aggie alum that can help. So I'm definitely excited about that. So yeah, follow us. Um, If you want to get involved, let's get it cracking. Let's get it popping. These brothers are moving, y'all. Yo, be that's real it. stupid not to get involved. No, yeah, you, I'm you just be saying. Foolish. Real dumb. You'd be foolish. All right. We're going to get into this midday this thought bit. real quick. It's real. It's real. It's <laughs> and this is like this loosens up the mood just and everything. Just a little bit. But um, so this week we decided to ask you guys, have you ever lied on your resume? Did you get the... <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a job? Did you get a job offer once you lied? So we had a few... <laughs> We had a few responses. Um, Alvin C. Jacobs, hey Alvin, said, I always tell the truth even when I lie. That's a real Alvin uh, answer. Uh, <laughs> Sax Prophet, hey Charles, said, I claim to have a minor in something. I was one grade away from getting it, and the professor and the professor that kept me from getting it was out to get me. Still graduated though. Ha! But yes, my resume and my heart reflects a minor that I that I do that I did not learn tech that I did not earn technically. And no, I would have gotten I would have gotten every, every job I ever had if I just had told the truth. And I am not proficient in Excel. There I said. <laughs> I don't think anybody is. I respond to him. I said, I don't think nobody is I don't know anybody proficient in Excel. We all just put it on our resume. I literally know. Like, my friend Melanie is like, oh. I don't even know how she learned all I'm, this. She just was playing with Excel. I'm like, who plays with Excel? I'm not um, Nobody <laughs> plays with Excel. 35S, the key, underscore, NNG said, this is how people get themselves fired. SMH. <laughs> Stop judging people. Stop judging people. Don't judge people. Right. All right. Um, what about you guys? Have yeah. you have a lot on the resume? Did you get a job offer? If you don't mind answering. <laughs> Oh, uh, man. I didn't lie about experience. My fault. Yeah. No, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I've never lied about experience. Like, what I what I actually did that was on my resume, I did. It was just my first couple of resumes weren't strong enough to get a job here. But when it came to them skills, and I definitely did look up, like, the keywords because they mm-hmm. run it through the system <laughs> for the PDF. Yes, I didn't sir. realize. First of all, I didn't know it had to be in PDF. So after I found out about the keywords, I went and put all them keywords. Exactly. Like, I got, like, 100 words in my zone. Yep. Exactly. 
Man, for me, to be honest with you, I never really had a a job where I had to apply to. So, mm. yeah. Okay, that's um, one of my One of my first jobs, was I was working for family, so ended up, and I was in the mental health field, so, you know, nepotism, of course. Yeah. But, I mean, I did. I gained a lot of skills, and then from there, I've been on my own. I'm a full-time entrepreneur, mm-hmm. so. That's what's up. That's, yeah. that's pretty dope. What about you, sis? Oh, my God. My first job? Uh-oh. My first job, like, right before I went to A&T, I w- became a janitor, and I needed a resume, and I didn't have any janitorial experience. And my mom was like, all right, just just put down these people's names as references and just put some stuff on it. So my whole resume was a lie. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've lied and gotten a job. <laughs> you couldn't just say that you used to clean the house every Saturday? No. Nah. I mean, I'm no. saying, no. No. That's cleaning, black cleaning people thing. No. That's what we do. Nope. Nope. Ugh. I lied on that. I got you that got job. job and I kept it all through right. college. It helped me pay for books and tuition and stuff, too. So, <laughs> Jokes on you. Jokes. <laughs> um, How about you? I never... Mm, I never lied on a resume. I lied. I might have lied on the act on the application. Whereas, like, how experienced are you with this platform? Oh, I'm like, okay. yeah, like, I'm, yeah, I got like five, six years experience oh on it, God. but I just downloaded it the other day. Um, I did lie when I worked at Abercrombie and Fitch about if I knew how to work the register because mm-hmm. there was a whole bunch of people coming in, and I was just I I didn't want to be on the floor folding shirts. I wasn't with that. I wanted to be behind the register. My manager came to me, was like, you know how to work the register? I was like, yeah. Got on there. It was real simple until I got a return. Oh. It's like, I want to return this. I was like, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, but I figured it out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I asked the girl, like, I was like, you know how to do a return? She was like, yeah, give me a minute. I'm like, I, like she's right here. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I figured it out. Like, but that's... <laughs> Listen, sometimes that's lying about works it. out. Sometimes lying works out. I mean, I don't really for see... That. For that. Don't lie on anything else, though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's another conversation. Yep. Another, <laughs> that's another conversation with us. Well, um... We're going to go ahead and wrap up. Yeah. Once again, Rashawn and Kobe, thank you guys so much for yeah. one coming out again. We really appreciate Seriously. it. Yeah, we appreciate y'all, man. Love the conversation. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. Load. Yeah, it did. It did. You guys are amazing. Um, with that being said, Sherelle's going to tell us where we can find where they can where they can Sherelle's going to tell us where they can Fine. find us. Normally Sierra does this, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you know you guys can follow us on Twitter at HeadRapPod and then on Instagram at HeadRaps and Lipsticks. And then follow our Facebook page at HeadRaps and Lipsticks, the podcast. Um, if you want to be a guest on the show or if you just need somebody to talk to, send us an email, HeadRapsAndLipsticks at gmail.com. And uh, you can listen to all episodes on numerous platforms. We don't want to hear it. Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, <laughs> Google Play, iHeartRadio. Nope. Yep, iHeartRadio. Yep. And our website, HeadRapsAndLipsticks.com. And and make sure Please. you give us a review, five stars. And then write a review. It's real simple. And Just subscribe. a little quick. If you can write a 240-character t- uh, tweet, you can give us a review. That's true. Exactly. See? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, Just more space for people to run their mouth. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. Uh, All right. We'll see you guys next week. All right. See ya. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>